0: Hello and welcome to Blindsided the Survivor podcast. I'm your host Pete, and I'm joined by my co-host, producer, and good friend Jim. Jim, how are we tonight? We're very good. Sorry, I'm eating a cookie. All right, well, I'm glad I caught your live reaction there. On tonight's episode, we are going to be covering episode 3 of Survivor season 41. This is our after show and uh, the episode was titled "What My Million Dollar My Million mistake. Dollar Mistake." Yeah, but I like to call it Brad's episode. This is just Brad's Ooh. episode. Yeah, Pete. Pete, I did not like this episode. Okay, and that's right where we're going to start because I've liked this season so far. I, you know, they've thrown so much at us. I think most of it has been a good spin. It's uh-huh. very fast paced. It's it's not hard to keep up with, um, but it is very in your face and there's not a lot of dull moments, but like that's it's exactly what I'm hoping for. So I thought this was continuing that trend. Okay. And then you come in and say, yeah, I didn't like this episode. And now well, I'm like, good. I wow. think that
1: I think our conversation flourishes when we have something to disagree
0: about. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like I kind of know where you're going to go with what yeah. you didn't like about it. It might be, The focus on Brad and his boneheadedness. It might be a a larger,
1: I have a larger bone to pick, but it's a pretty it's a well known tact to take on
0: Oh, the fact that they put the advantages right in front of people. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. Okay. So um this was Brad's episode, but I'm also gonna get it out of the way now here. Brad gets voted out. Okay? The rancher from Wyoming. This might be you know, next to, I think Tony had, I think it was like episode 13 of Winners at War, where it was like flawless, was dominated. dominated, flawless gameplay. It was almost like an episode solely dedicated to him. Uh, this is another example of an episode almost solely dedicated to a player. It just, and it wasn't his fault. It's like the, the three day period that we saw on TV, he did great. What caught him voted out was the past six days. He had been very lackluster. He hadn't built good relationships, clearly. And, you know, I think that's what did him in here. It wasn't what he did in this three-day span. I thought he did this three-day span as good as any survivor great, Um, even if that advantage was planted right in front of him. I mean, he was the only one who got the reward off of it. He found a hidden immunity idol. He just did. He did good. It was good survivor moves. He won his team. Uh, he well. He was the only one who contributed really and did well in the immunity yeah. challenge for his team. They came up short, but it was not because of his efforts. I'm gonna be hypocritical and nitpick some of his moves, but like for the most part, it was. I thought he did a great job, and that was. That's coming from me saying that as I had very low expectations for for Brad as a player after what I saw in episodes one and two.
1: I wasn't expecting him to to do what he did in these last two episodes at all. So, yeah, he definitely (laughs) exceeded my expectations from that point. I think uh, there's a certain amount of glee that you can have watching bad players on Survivor. And Brad was a great mix of, I think, like pretty sloppy gameplay, but also just a hilarious character that (laughs) you rarely see on Survivor anymore. And so yes. that's why I did I love that part of the episode that we got to see a lot of Brad on his last days there um chewing up the scenery and trying to squeeze in his his secret line his Yeah, uh, he, oh my god, so bad. The 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 fake Brad that he created. I mean in his he there he had a high usage rate in these first 3 episodes with just like silly moves like the the spy shack around to the water hole, yeah, the improvised spy shack. I just think I he he went through the whole uh, trouble of building a fake him, and I'm pretty sure they definitely knew that he was going. I bet Shan told them, and also they never saw they never showed when they got back to camp. Like the next shot was them in the morning opening up that box. So you don't even know if he got back without them finding out.
0: Well, either. this is. You know, this is something that it's like, all right, what do I let myself believe? Because a lot of people on Survivor complain that they can't sleep, whether it's think- yeah. overthinking about the game, it's uncomfortable, um, they're malnourished, so even if they like are trying to sleep, they're too hungry or thirsty to sleep. So with that in mind, how many people are actually soundly sleeping when you get up in the middle of the night? Um and also, if a boat is coming to your beach, how do you not hear the engine if you're on a deserted island where it should be like dead quiet? How do you not hear a motorboat approaching? Even if they cut the engine, like- Good point. Very good point on that. But sound I mean, travels over water very Maybe loud. the
1: camera guys often like get up, like switch shifts, you know? There's a midnight right. shift where people come in and you hear- Yeah, maybe that's I mean, what I... it
0: was. And they like kind of saw this boat and they're like, oh, it's the camera guys, like no big deal. But, okay so he, I would this is, this is would,
1: uh, one tactic I would go into in, in survivor that I I probably wouldn't even be exaggerating that much when I got to it but I think the best move or one of the best moves is just to fake like uh IBS basically you can say you have IBS when you come on but just make it clear to everyone that you have to go to the bathroom a lot and you have to spend a lot of time there because then I think, you're all set in terms of excuses, late night bowel movements, um, you know, straying away from the camp three to four times a day. Well, then you're just yeah, but then you're not trustworthy at all.
0: You're not. You're not. You you just have that in your back pocket. Do you actually? Is your idea of this to actually like go to the the hole where you go to the bathroom like seven times a day just to like act the part, and then once in a while? You actually sneak off, like once it's been so ingrained in these people that like this is what you actually have to do. Yeah, don't. I guarantee you're gonna have. Don't you know. anything in. Go to the bathroom. You know, freely. Go there often, and then yeah, when you need to sneak away, you sneak away. I was gonna say it, this is a long game plan, Jim. Like this sounds like yeah, a exactly, long game exactly. You would have to set up because if I'm on your tribe, I'm not you make the merge, and everyone's problem.
1: like, "Yo, he's he's got some problems, man." I feel bad <laughs> I guess, for him. Yeah,
0: that's. <laughs> I, I would have like you would honestly hope to God that you have to go to the bathroom a lot. Which well, they're not going to inspect. I, well, I don't know, dude. Honestly, I would probably start creeping around you just you to see like, what you're up to. Poking through someone's stool? No, I wouldn't go through your stool. I would just go to make <laughs> sure like you're at the poop hole, basically. Well, yeah, you got to go there, but like you can, yeah. I'm. I would. I would. Like I would be one of the people. Obviously, you who got want to feel this out. That you got to you adapt yeah. your
1: strategy to the reality, of the situation, and your surroundings. It's wild. But, it's wild that we've strayed right to this. Well, I think it's well. The other thing is when JD came back from the watering hole or the bathroom or wherever he went, he came back with his package out of his pants. That's oh not God. a euphemism. I mean, yeah, I know that
0: was a good one, Jim. Yeah,
1: <sighs> Shan definitely gave the right descriptor by saying he's sloppy because that's a great way to I describe it. I think he did it on it, purpose. No, no. That's, I mean, that's,
0: if you did, what's what do you have to gain from that? I don't know, but everything that came out of his mouth as soon as she found out was, just sounded so disingenuous. It was almost like he was just, you know, being a very bad actor. Like, all right, this is my plan. I'm going to hope somebody notices it so they think I'm a threat and then they might not be able to vote my, me out but then I can also use it as a bargaining chip to gain loyalty and I'm just going to act really sorry. And I owe you one. It was just all, which is a bad idea. It was all awful. Like that whole stretch because it's a lose, lose either. He is sloppy and it was the worst play for a a super fan. Like he claims to be. Yeah. I can't stand him by the way. You can't stand him. (laughs) I hate him. I hate him. Or, um, he's, Came up with this convoluted plan, which was also just a really bad plan. Like you must be that pretty sleep deprived if you thought this was going to be a good idea. I mean, yes, it worked out for him, but no, 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 no. He did. I think it. Purpose. I don't think it buys him any extra time. No matter no. either way, you know the way it played out. Him uh, t- giving Shan the advantage just to hold is like a, you know, a trust piece. Yeah. I don't think it buys him more than three days. I still think he's on the chopping block. I think you see the core is Ricard and Chantal and uh Genie's on the outs and JD's on the outs and they can kind of pick who they want to get rid of next.
1: Yeah. Pete, can I, I can I get something off my chest because I just I'm staring at this clock and I'm like, I gotta I gotta get this. I gotta okay, get go this ahead. in so we can it's not I'm not thinking about it the whole time. Okay, so I'll tell you why I really did not like this episode. I, um, besides like the bad play, like one bad player is bad enough with Brad, but I, I think Tiffany was bad this episode. Horrible. What what I really didn't like was the fact that we spent so much time on these advantages and the player we spent the most time with. So the, the three of them go to that Island and only one of them walks away with an advantage. It's Brad. And then he gets voted off. We don't even know what happens to those advantages ostensibly they get put back in the game that's what you can expect um but we basically spent the whole episode focusing on one character one plot point and then it had really had no impact on the game you could kind of tell he was going to get voted off i thought i don't think they they were as subtle with you know the audience blindside asking jd personal questions at tribal i don't think they were as subtle as last time with Voce so you kind of knew what was going to happen and then all right here's my main gripe it's the advantages it's throwing them in front of contestants they didn't work for it but also because there's a twist involved that's you're just you're throwing this apple bomb in someone's lap and they got to decide quick what to do with it um there's so there's really no strategy until you know they have to force they have to go through the prisoner's dilemma for the third time in three episodes And at the challenge, everyone kind of looked like crap. They were, they were really sluggish out there. So what this season was advertised as was a return to basics. They haven't returned to basics in terms of strategy. They've amped that up to a considerable degree. I think too much, and they're depriving the contestants of food. These people are not athletes, so they're sluggish already. Um, And they're not that far into the game and they haven't returned to what made like Survivor great when it was returned to basics in terms of food and scrapping for survival, which was getting to see these contestants play out their stories in real time and interact with each other. We're getting these little clips of who these people are as people, but it's of them off the island and it doesn't end up impacting their play in the game. We're missing those soulful moments where they're scrounging for food. They're building a fire. You know, they're they're making sacrifices for each other. They're playing the social game. We're missing all of that. The excitement has turned into what's production going to do next? Who are they going to pick this week to involve in the story?
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, and I was thinking it last night as I was watching, like, I'm getting the vibe that this season is going to be kind of like watching a a, a sporting event or a playoff where your team is not in it and you kind of just got to piggyback onto somebody, but you don't know who it's going to be because you're not compelled by anybody. We haven't seen Uh any storytelling.
1: Is that how you feel now about
0: the baseball playoffs, Pete? No. Okay. (laughs) We're not getting into that, but I I just don't have anybody I'm, I'm really rooting for yet because I don't know anything about them and nobody's done anything really within the game to push that, you know, needle for me. I have people that I don't want to root for um but like you're that you're you hit the nail on the head. I mean the return to basics, I think they just did like one simple facet of that and they're like we're going to make you guys struggle for food uh comparatively to la- like these past few seasons where it almost seemed like they had too much food and it was too easy. That's going to be tough. But you're right. Other than that, the whole storyline of this season is just what are we going to throw at them? Has almost like a jump scare. Like they're just throwing jump yeah. scare after jump scare at us and, and twisting the plot around a bunch and not it, allowing the players themselves to drive, it, drive the narrative. And that's where your point was so dead on. It was like production is driving the narrative, not the players. And that's what makes a really good Survivor season is when one player really grabs the season by the neck and really just dictates the direction of it until they're either voted out or voted the winner yeah. and i really hope it kind of pivots to that i hope somebody you know and it's gonna have to be a, a bombastic move whether it is somebody getting an idol and making a big play with it or advantage and making a big play with it but somebody needs to kind of wake up from this fog and be like this is i have 20 days left it's it's go time
1: there's no clear power structures anywhere. We have no idea who is leading the charge in camp. You know who's popular.
0: Yeah, I don't have. There's not really a front runner.
1: So someone making a play, you don't even know if it's a really a blind side. If they've had to, you know, work in the trenches to get people to like side with them on a vote. We're just getting spoon fed. Like the narrative for that episode at the beginning of the episode. All right, here's what we're gonna do today, and I'm. It's frustrating. It's they're missing those you know serendipitous moments between players that you know actually creates storylines that people remember in the game. They're not really letting the show breathe at all.
0: Uh one of the like, cringeworthy moments for me from this episode was when Tiffany had a confessional where she was like, I did it, I'm playing Survivor, I found the advantage. And it's like, no, you didn't. It was in the fire right by your camp. Like, you didn't find it. It found you. Like, And that's like, yeah, that's not good Survivor. And I guarantee, you know, she's watching it back. And maybe it's not how it happened. Maybe it is how it happened because it was right by the fire. But like, and you look at other players who have gone to great lengths to find an advantage or an idol and and stow it away and use it properly and it's almost a slap in the face to the people before
1: yeah it diminishes everything they did and it's this episode and this season has been so self-referential and it's almost like they're reminding you like oh remember how good survivor was back in the day remember those great moments yeah just in case you forgot watching this episode
0: but you said you liked this episode. I, I did because I liked the challenge. I liked how I, I thought, like, other than the fact that the the advantages were placed right in front of the people, decisions still have to be made. Like they, you know, you still have to go and meet with two people you've never met in the middle of the night, and you know, risk your game.
1: Sydney and Tiffany instantly hate each other.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I could, I kind of want to talk about that if I was Brad. Brad had all the power in that situation because he knew he didn't, he already did not have a vote because of finding the idol. And he could have strong armed both of them and been like, hey, Tiffany, you don't need, like, if you're still here and your tribe's that small, uh, and we know, like, Xander has the idol and that's why he's acting so weird like you're safe, like you're in the power, you don't need a vote. And Sydney, maybe you need a vote, but really, like your tribe's sitting pretty. So how would you like to have allies on the other side to be able to make a move with? He could have strong armed them into giving he and Tiffany the steal a vote, or just himself, which he ended up having. And, you know, he kind of was I I don't know what He said in that, he honestly didn't really look like he was saying any words at all. It was really just Sydney and Tiffany kind of butting heads. Well, yeah, that's the
1: thing. The meeting of the minds was just Tiffany, like, explicating the situation and what she
0: wanted. But then they didn't go that way. Exactly. Because she's... This goes back to, what was it, last episode of the Voce Dilemma, where she makes a decision, then backs off her decision, and then, like, realizes she said both things and then doesn't know what to do with it. She's not good strategy wise and no
1: and so far and so far in this season she has been maybe one of the top five
0: characters on screen i hope it's because she's getting ready to leave and she was getting her early airtime out of the way but who knows who knows with survivor especially in the new era here um yeah i thought the challenge was good though i thought the end part i think the challenge was good was sick i've you know it was very difficult to balance the the uh the bags on that on those five different rungs that was really hard looking jd made himself look like a complete fool trying to do finger roll layups like yeah yeah so, so Pete, I, I enjoyed that um Pete,
1: who, who do you pick as the top athletes this
0: season oh it's it's danny and Xander and um i haven't i don't know which of the girls really separates themselves yet i don't think We've gotten a good enough look. Liana's her name, right? Yep, she looks pretty strong. It, it also stinks. We don't have reward challenges, so another reason why they're not getting food is there's no reward challenge to win food. We're getting one challenge in episode, and who knows? That might change. We might be in the mood, like we. It might be time. Episode four, we might be due for a tribe swap and a consolidation down to two tribes of six. Um.
1: Next week episode, sneak peek had Danny talking about what you th- talked about last week, throwing the challenge. Pro- I'm yeah, assuming you're getting this year out.
0: Uh, I hate that, but yep. I That, I saw that really it. would also be the, it was in the game. The game a premature game. cherry on top of this season for me would be everything you don't like about Survivor in one the season. The blue
1: team, which is just dog walking the other teams in these challenges. Just be like,
0: yeah, nah. I've, you know, I've never watched any seasons of Survivor where this goes totally bad. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know historically if it's ever gone right, throwing a challenge. So whatever, let them do it, honestly. I don't, right now, I don't care. I don't have anybody, it's not like I'm like, no, like I'm really rooting for these three people on blue and if they throw and they lose momentum, I'm going to be devastated. Like, um, but I, what I don't want to see any more of is the Prisoner's Dilemma. Uh, throw that in like one or two more times, but every single episode doing the same thing is already getting old. I agree. Um, and But I don't see them stopping it in any time because three episodes in, they've thrown an advantage basically at us every episode. They've thrown a prisoner's dilemma and you know we still have actually get to see idols be activated, which I think is what most yeah. Survivor fans actually want to see is the yeah. threat of a real idol, not a steal a vote not having one person per tribe unable to vote. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting dynamic, but with these small tribes, it's very easy to play out scenarios in your head and basically know who's going to get voted out or who's potentially going to be on the block. Every episode, it's almost like telling the story itself 40 minutes ahead of time when you see somebody get an advantage, you're like, oh, well, they don't have a vote. Now they're vulnerable. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So... I liked the episode because it continued the fireworks and I just thought it was kind of like a neat way to be like, Hey, we're going to show you like the wackiest guy become the luckiest guy on this season and also get voted out in the same episode. So I, you know, I liked that. I can't wait to see Xander's reaction when Brad, when he realizes that Brad was voted out and And back at stage one of getting his idol activated and getting his vote back. Oh my god. Uh so it's going to be interesting next week. I just really hope like I said earlier somebody steps up and starts, you know, either becoming a power player or just somebody does something within the game that is compelling enough where I can root for them so I can become truly invested in in one or two players and have my heart ripped out later on.
1: My one wish is for an episode free of advantages found.
0: Yeah, that's not going to happen, Jim. I know. I'm sorry to tell you. That's like asking for a uh, tooth fairy when you're 23 and you chip a tooth. It's just, it's not going to happen anymore, bud. (laughs) Sorry for the downer comments. All right. Is that your last comment, Jim?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's my last comment. I'm sorry. I I, I don't want to feel pressure to make this pod always upbeat. So I'm just going to say what I got to say.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I I do. You were right right from the get go. It's better when we're on two different sides of it. You opened my eyes to some stuff that I was kind of letting fall to the wayside because all the fireworks have kind of distracted me. And you're looking at the ground, being like, "Not a lot of substance going on. Don't be distracted by all the pretty lights." And so you're right there. But uh, hopefully, like next week, something awesome happens, and we have more substance to talk about. I th- I think the the one good takeaway is whether you like it or not so far, there is a lot to talk about about this season. It's a decent yeah, cast so far. That's true. Um, there's a lot of excitement. So it's not like this is a boring season where three episodes in, we're already on like, Oh man, like get to the merge. We need something to spice it up. Like it's a spicy season. It's just very, you know, hot and cold hit or miss. I think it's just the same spice over and over. I'm getting tired of that spice. Melange. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to reference it. <laughs> check out Dune, October 22nd. Oh, yeah. We we, we got, a, we got an ad. By, yep, we're sponsored by Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Thank God that check finally rolled in. For the guys here at Blindsided, we'll see you next time on Survivor.